From Walt Disney Pictures, this morning, Preston Waters got something. Look on my bike! Give that check to your dad, he'll know what to do with it. That's going to change his life. Free check. Yeah! Now, he's buying more stuff. You have a house. Meeting more women. Baby brother comes into his own. And stopping three crooks. I'm gonna get you, kid! From taking all of his money. That was Disney's blank check. All right, welcome back in with another episode of the Bad Movies Worst Opinions podcast, where we believe that everybody has a favorite bad movie. The only rule is that we must watch a movie below a 6.0 on IMDb. So Rob is engaged. He's getting married. We at least had to push back when we normally record this. We had to find a new day. He's still working out the venue, so he is unable to be here today. But Carrington is here. Hartzell is back. He has returned. This is a movie that you picked. You tweeted to us. Mm -hmm. Can I do blank check? And I'd never seen it before. I'm not sure if Rob had seen it before. We agreed to do blank check for you. I I brought up blank check because, you know, I'm the voice at Sporting KC, right? And so... I like to think I'm still, like, wa- I'm not washed yet. You know, I feel like I'm still kind of a younger, cool guy. And so I was making a blank check reference on the Internet because at Sporting KC we have a guy whose name is Kendall McIntosh, right? And so I was calling him Mr. McIntosh. And then at the stadium I was like, Mr. McIntosh. And no one understood what it was. Nobody got it. Was That's because like, you're old now. I was like, have y'all not seen one of the most quintessential children's pro-capitalist movies of all time of the 90s? Blank check? They didn't. They didn't know it. So then I saw that, you know what, Carrington, we need to inform these people about the greatness of this film. That's why we're here. You were here for Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. You are now back for Blank Check. It has a 5.3 on IMDb at a 21,000 votes. The release date, February 11th, 1994. You can catch this movie currently streaming on Disney+. Inexplicably still streaming. We'll talk about that. The runtime for this movie is 94 minutes. The budget, $13 million. Thirty-nine million at the box office, so wow. a triple up for Blank Check. A triple up for Blank Check. Salute to them. No, this tr- this movie used to move at Blockbuster. I remember this thing was hard to come by. In fact, we only bought this thing. I think it was Walmart. It happened to go on. I remember this vividly. It went on sale. My mom would go and do like mass VHS buys for me and my twin, and it happened to be on sale. And we like scooped that thing real quick because the Blockbuster. It was always gone. The description of the movie. After a bike accident, a young boy inadvertently gains possession of a check for $1 million and proceeds to spend it, unaware that the gangsters it belonged to are in pursuit. The top five box office movies for this weekend. So this was actually the same weekend as the Winter Olympics, so it kind of had an effect on the box office. Ace Ventura Pet Detective was number one in its second week at the box office. The Getaway, number two. Blank Check debuts at number three in the box office. Top three, baby. My Girl, number two. We beat out My Girl? My Girl, two. And Schindler's List was uh, fifth. This was its ninth week in the box office. Schindler's (laughs) List has one of the most impressive box office runs that I have ever seen. The cast, Karen Duffy is Shea Stanley. Brian Bonzel is Preston Waters, a.k.a. Mr. McIntosh. Miguel Ferrer is Carl Quigley. Michael Lerner is Ed- Edward Bieberman. And Tone Loke is Juice. Juice, baby. Tone Loke might have the greatest voice of any human being that has ever lived. And put together a fantastic performance. Like, honestly, maybe the star of this film was Tone Loke. Tone Loke, actually, he's an ace Ventura pet detective and in blank check. He was having a great 1994. Shout out to Tone Loke. Remember, this was that run he did where he was, like, doing – remember, he he was in Bay Bay's Kids. He was the voice. I mean, he had that run late 80s, early 90s when he was really trying to be in Hollywood a bunch. And obviously, when you got a resume, like, blank check, I mean – 
the next thing you think is an Oscars? I would absolutely love a Tone Loke podcast today. Can we please get a Tone Loke podcast? Can we please? I mean, honestly, that's a podcast that's just sitting there. That's low-hanging fruit. 100%. Like, I look at Nori and Drink Champs where he interviews 90 <laughs> rappers. That's what I want Tone Loke to do. I want Tone Loke to interview 90s rappers. All right, listen, before before somebody takes this idea, just write this down. We're going to do this. This is ours. Okay. All right, shout yeah. out to Tone Loke, man, wherever he is. <laughs> <laughs> so the movie Blank Check starts with, it's raining harder than ever because the only time that you can ever escape from prison is during a rainstorm. Naturally. And our criminal, he finds a briefcase with some Cold, hard cash. We then meet Preston and his two older entrepreneur brothers as they head to a birthday party. Preston sees all the other kids are having fun, but he can't because his funds are low. So they're at this amusement park, right? The token exchange is way up. Way, way up. The one kid has $50 and gets back like nine tokens. <laughs> so I, and I think Preston at one point, has $6 and gets back five. At one point, I'm pretty positive, like the second kid and Preston put out the same amount of money. <laughs> and I remember rethinking, like, hold on, hold on, what is this ratio? You're right. I don't understand what the conversion is, but I feel like it's off at this amusement park. Preston's family seems well to do. He couldn't just do some chores and get some allowance, he couldn't take out the trash. He couldn't clean up around the house. He couldn't get good grades. And you got to remember, this is like peak, you know, we are peak pro-capitalist, neoliberal, like, what is this, really like the heart of Clinton? Like, you got to work yourself by the bootstraps. I mean, every children's movie had to have some kind of, like, capitalist perspective. And so, yeah, you had these guys who clearly live in this, you know, middle class, you know, white picket fence, two and a half kids and a dog, you know, like, this is what you want to be. But as you can tell, I mean, that dad was uptight. He st- we don't actually know what his profession was. Also, why is he so willing to let his kids just go roaming around with strangers? I mean, we'll get to some of that. But again, I think, like, they are the model. But as you can see, there's flaws in this, in this system, this nuclear family. Preston is worried about money more than any middle-class kid that I've ever seen. Like, you would think that Preston had a single mom, five brothers. I mean, he knew all the terminology, too. Working check to check, just trying to make ends meet, never had anything. Preston had a really nice life and is just constantly worried about where's my next meal going to come from. How old was that? Does it say how old Preston was? I don't even think I remember. I think he's like 11 or 12. I don't think they definitively say how old he is, but... He's clearly not like eight or nine, but he's also not 13, 14. I, mean, I think he he's in that 11, about, 12. He was talking about compound interest, you know? So, I mean, clearly, he knew a lot about money. I'm telling you. He, he knew a lot about money. So, our least favorite criminal pulls up to the local bank and is trying to get his briefcase full of dirty money turned into the clean money. He's trying to do a little money laundering. Well, Preston tries to open up an account with an $11 check, but the bank has a minimum balance of $200. Well, it doesn't matter anyway because his check gets stolen by the local neighborhood goon. The neighborhood goon just steals Preston's check. Dude was dirty, man. Takes his check. And he was, I mean, he was an asshole at the amusement park. I mean, this kid, this kid, I mean, honestly, when he got his comeuppance, and we'll talk about that, it was was satisfying because this kid was an ultimate villain. Before we got to the, you know, the the big bad, I thought this kid was going to be our actual villain of the movie. So Preston crashes his bike into the criminal's car and escapes death in the nick of time. I have not been drinking. <laughs> I don't drink at all, seriously. Seriously. Kid, talk to me. How much you want for the bike? A thousand bucks! I'm not talking to you! Bye, kid! Go on, walk away. What do you want, kid? Name a figure, we'll discuss it.
to your dad, he'll know what to do with it. I need to go. thought we understood about taking care of our valuables. Valuable? It was a piece of junk. Well, if that's how you feel about a gift from your parents, I don't see giving you a new one for your birthday. I don't want a new bike. I want my own room. I'm warning you, you're on thin ice as it is about the bike. You know what I want? What I want is my own house. My rules. My money. That's it, young man. Until further notice, you're grounded. What did I do wrong? He almost died. Absolutely. So in a rush to get all of this done before the police arrives, the criminal hands pressed in a blank check before it causes a scene. I just escaped from prison. I just got into an accident where I almost killed a kid. Mm-hmm. Don't need that smoke. Hey, I got to get out of here. Here, here. Mm-hmm. He signs a check. Doesn't write a number down. Could have wrote down five bucks. There's no movie. Mm-mm. But no, he just leaves it open. Parents, uh, Preston's parents don't really seem upset to the fact that their son almost died. They seem really concerned about that the bike had gotten fucked up. They didn't really seem that concerned that their son almost got fucked up. Preston's parents don't seem concerned about Preston ever at all. Not a little bit. Not at all. I just couldn't believe when he's telling them the story and they're so worried about the bike. And I'm like, you almost lost your son today. Like, your son almost got ran over. I don't think at any point did they do, like, a checkup. They didn't do any (laughs) kind of ice. There was no Band-Aids. Nothing. It was, god damn it. That new bike, we got that. That was a Christmas present. I mean, Preston. Hartzell, he almost died and got put on punishment. (laughs) That was... He almost died, and he was the one that got in trouble. It doesn't make any. First off, think about some kid stole his money. He almost died, and now you're grounded. Yo, what is going on? In I didn't this even movie? put that, honestly. I did not even put that together. <laughs> That's outrageous. What is going on here? So our guy Preston hops on some prehistoric contraption. <laughs> And writes himself a check for a million dollars. The next day, he goes up to the bank to cash the check, and it works. Why does that teller not just laugh Preston off? (laughs) Like, right now, if you walked into the bank with a fake check for a million dollars, the teller would simply tell you, we're not cashing. She walks the kid to the head of the bank. Really trying to make an example. I mean, (laughs) honestly, you know what? I'm not saying it was a bad idea. I think she... She could have blown him off, but there's a chance that this kid might do this again and again and again. So I think in her mind, she's thinking, I'm going to embarrass this boy. I'm going to take him to Biederman's office. We're going to really make him look like an asshole. He'll never do this again. He'll tell his friends not to do this again. But what she didn't know, I think we might have glossed over this part, is that Biederman had a, had a very stern conversation with our, uh, our big bad breakout guy. In fact, that's how he got them checks. Why doesn't Biederman just call the police? It doesn't make sense. That guy well, has escaped. His family. That guy's escaped from jail. Yeah. You got a little leverage in the situation. And we also never get their backstory. How did they come into contact <laughs> with each other? Why is nobody looking for him? I know it just doesn't make any sense. I can't believe that Biederman is letting this happen. So Well, Biederman's the head of the bank. It's basically his bank. Yeah, no, it it, it is his bank. So our guy goes to cash the money. Preston gets the money. The real person who's supposed to come get the money is the criminal sidekick, Juice, a.k.a. Tone Loke, a.k.a. Funky Cole Medina. Mm. Yeah, sweetheart, you look kind of good. They got your pearls and everything on. 
hate for something to have to happen to him. But look at my name is Juice. The eagle has landed. The horse is in the barn. The chicken is in the pot. Look here, man, I don't know nothing about no eagles landing and all of that. I don't know nothing about no horses running through the barn. And I certainly don't know nothing about no, about no, about no chickens being in the pot. You understand? Well, He's supposed to come pick up the check. He's actually a few minutes late to go pick up the funds. Naturally. All of a sudden, all of a commotion happens. This kid immediately goes to buy a $300,000 house. <laughs> the first thing is that he wants to go create generational wealth. You know what? I appreciate that, Preston. Day, I really do. Day one, he just happens to be buying the exact same house that the actual bad guy is currently locking up for himself. So this guy has escaped from jail, stolen a million dollars, and now the criminal is trying to buy real estate. <laughs> He's not trying to get away with the million dollars. He is going to buy in the middle of a neighborhood. This dude broke out of prison to get back on the grid. <laughs> yeah, I've never seen anybody <laughs> never do seen this. So our little man wraps up the deal at 300000 He does so under the alias of? I think he I think he overpriced, and by he, Mr. McIntosh. Mr. McIntosh. Just one thing, sir. What is your name? My name is Preston. Bingo. My name is Macintosh. Well, congratulations, Mr. Macintosh. You have a house. Yes! Our criminal finds out what happens to the money. He oh, also, hold on. We absolutely stepped on the lead there. How do okay. we get to Mr. McIntosh Carrington? He has that prehistoric contraption. That, that has, prehistoric early version of Siri, that voice box that came out of the Macintosh, which is, if anyone's listening at home who doesn't know what that means, where do you think Mac came from, y'all? I was actually thinking that it was early edition of Chat AI. <laughs> That's what I thought it was. I thought it was chat that AI. Is, that is absolutely perfect. So, yeah, it was, it's the early Macintosh, the Apple computers. That's how we got that deal from Mr. Macintosh. You know, he just had a, what was it, said he had a cough? Is that why he had the mm-hmm. weird voice? Yeah, that's, that's why he had the weird voice. So, he buys the house for 300000 under the alias. Our criminal finds out what happens to the money. They then figure out the kid that has it. We also learn that the bank teller from earlier that tells Preston he's $200 to open up an account, she's an undercover fed. She worked for the police. Shay. Shay was a narc. She was cute, though. Oh, man. It really hurt when they made that reveal because I really did want to love her. <laughs> I really, And I still do, I think, honestly. So Preston hops in a limo and goes on an incredible shopping spree. He then runs into the bank teller undercover agent and tells her that he's ready to open up an account. The next day, we see that Preston is buying a house across the street from his old house. Why is this castle... I thought this castle was out on the countryside. Again, like, Preston's family is doing just fine. The property (laughs) value on that street, this kid really needs to just, I mean, this was first world problems before first world problems. Like, Preston really just didn't smell the roses, and he's got something good to begin with. Why is there a castle on their street? I'm not, he didn't buy a mansion. 
He bought a castle. It looks like the most state-of-the-art putt-putt golf course <laughs> of all time, and he lives with that. He bought a castle on a cul-de-sac. I've never seen that before. <laughs> I've never seen that. It doesn't make any sense to me. Well, at this point, too, he's now got his new sidekick. He's got Harvey. Yeah, that's Har- his only friend. The chauffeur. Which, I mean, honestly, like a poor man's John Candy, I think is what his role was in this movie. I actually thought he was funny. He was great. I thought he was great. He was great. Harvey was fantastic. I actually think the characters in this movie are good. I think it's a good movie up until it's not a good movie, but we'll we'll get yeah, to that. Yeah, I don't know. I've got some flaws about this movie. We'll talk about it. Like, we haven't got to all the flaws yet, but don't <laughs> worry. I, I actually liked some of the characters in this movie. So the undercover Fed banker teller gal, she shows up at Casa de Preston and is asking questions about who she asking questions about? Mr. McIntosh. And they have a date plan for Thursday. I wrote this down. This movie is just nonstop montages of this kid hanging out. That's what it is. It goes from shopping spree montage, playing at the house montage, swimming montage, for about 15 to 20 minutes. It is no plot. It is no story. It is just watch this kid have fun. But it felt good because we really, that extended amusement park scene, it was actually a little bit too long because it's just him getting shat on. And it was really kind of hard to watch. That slide was incredible, though. It was, I mean, it that slide Man, was dope. Goals. That was like childhood Hartzell's dream to get that slide. But you know what? I, that's why I was okay with it because, you know, he got that big tub of ice cream. He had all the games. He had the gold gloves. Him and Harvey were just having a day. They were having a whole day. No, they absolutely were having a day. So it's date night, and I started to realize something was going on in this movie. You see, I wrote, you see my notes. I wrote it down. Well, it's date night, and I have absolutely no clue what's going on. But this woman is definitely on a date with a child. What in the world is going on? They went to a nice restaurant. Upscale. They didn't go to Chubby's. They didn't go to Shake Shack. This is a $300 date that they're on with a kid. Beards award winning. They then leave. He takes her to a special place. This is one of my moves. <laughs> this is a Hartzell move. Hey, you know what? I'm going to show you something you ain't never seen before. And he timed it up, too. Man. Yeah. Ooh, ooh, and then he's, he's turning on the theatrics. Five, four, three, two, one. <laughs> <laughs> Holy fuck. Okay, okay, now. Okay, now. Turning on the theatrics. I mean, honestly, for some kid who was portrayed as such a square earlier, I mean, the finesse on this boy. that He had game. I don't know why he didn't just flex a little bit. I mean, he really could have changed his entire perspective. He just would have flexed more because he's got the moves. I mean, he won this woman over. She even says, like, you know, at first, 
I was working, but now this is a date. I mean, he he really actually, I think, was making some real headway here. No, I I mean he suspended her disbelief, Karen. We learned later on that he made headway. No, there's no there's no denying that. We definitely learned later that he made some headway. So the bad guys spot the good guys while on the date. Now it's time to hightail it out of there. Date number two is set up. She sets up a second date. They are in the car talking about how great it was and how she's never done anything like that before. That is a conversation that adults have with each other. She's having this conversation with an 11-year-old kid. And their hands. I started to realize something was weird at this point. I was, it was, my, my spidey sense was going crazy right now. Like, the the mood lighting felt really dark in the in the limo. Their hands get dangerously close. No, they close. were very close to holding hands. To a point where I was thinking, like, hold on, did I forget? Like, do they actually hold hands? Like, is this like, the, is this the crescendo of that? I couldn't remember. And he just is staring at her with that gaze. Yeah, I mean, I, I. I didn't. I this was not a flag for me, but I, it, there's a bit of a shift in tone. Admitted, very much so. It felt very innocent up until they went on a real date. But is it? You know what? And here's one of the things I think I realized why I never actually cared or noticed this before. Because I watched this in real time as a kid. I think I saw myself impressed, and I wanted a piece of that ass just like he did. You know, yeah. I was pulling for my boy. He felt. It felt like we were in this together. But I think though, as kids. We all had a crush on, like, a teacher or, like, an adult. But you always were like, I'm a kid. This person would never be interested in me. You know what I mean? Like, because you're you're thinking, like, you don't know. We didn't have Macintosh money, baby. You never kissed your teacher. Not in that. It was wild. Listen, if if I'm rolling up with a chauffeur taking you to a five-star five restaurant, I mean. (laughs) You got a shot. I didn't have the same resources, all I'm saying. No, that's very fair. I might have had a chance. So date number two is set up for Mr. Macintosh's birthday, and it's going to be the biggest party ever. I was wondering when this was going to come up. Preston has all this money and no friends. Like, this was, I thought the movie could have done a little bit better job. They only really get to it for about 30 seconds in the movie. Whenever the limo guy can't hang out because he's an adult, he has a life. (laughs) And he has all these toys and all of these cool things. And nobody to play with. It was sad, wasn't it? Yeah. It legitimately like, kind of moved I you a little bit. I thought that part of the movie could have went on for a little bit longer. Because I was sitting there wondering, I'm like, when they're going on the shopping spree and they're doing all this stuff, like, there's it's just you and this adult that you just met. Like, you Harvey, you're not it. close enough with your brothers. You're not, you don't have a best friend. You don't have any of this. Like, this was oh, something you know, that I, stood I, out I forgot me. about the brothers up until, like, the end. I totally forgot about them. <laughs> they, weren't, they weren't memorable in the movie in any way. Completely forgot about them. Preston could have been an only child. Like, Honestly, they, yeah. they, really, they really didn't need him to have brothers in this movie. They served absolutely no purpose. So, Preston heads to the park to see other kids playing. <laughs> and then he gets spotted by the bad guys and a wild bike chase ensues. Why is he just riding around the city with all of this cash? In the backpack that's half open, apparently. Just everywhere he goes, he's just walking around with hundreds of thousands of dollars in a backpack? It made absolutely no sense. For some kid that has such business acumen, I will say that's a bit of a plot hole. He should have known better. He had places to hide that money. I mean, he's got nothing but different, like side rooms and escape doors. I mean, that was just... That's you know that's eleven year old coming out. That's that is that is his age showing his lack of wisdom. Nobody in a movie ever buys a safe. No. Never. Nobody in a movie ever buys a safe. This movie, that entire scene would be very different if Preston had just bought a safe. You had all this money, put you got it from a safe. Mm-hmm. Buy a safe. Like so, we do know safes exist in this universe. Buy a safe. Spend a hundred dollars. <laughs> buy a safe. You could have put a million dollars. Didn't have to ride around this heavy backpack all day. Movie would have been better. Mm-hmm. So the the criminals. 
They torture a kid. They absolutely do. To get the drop on Preston. They went Suge Knight Vanilla Ice. <laughs> they hung him over the balcony. They torture a child to find out where Preston is. This seems like a small community. I don't know how you couldn't find Preston, but they couldn't find him. They torture a kid. It's small town Indiana. We didn't have to do this. I, we really didn't have to. But I will say, again, that, that shift in tone. You know, this movie gets hard. It gets tough. You know, like we're, we're getting down to like the nitty gritty. We're on the home stretch now, you know. And you got to remember these kids. This is a child, this is a children's movie. So you got to wake those kids back up. It's only a 94 minute Yeah, thing. you could get tortured for exactly. information. Like, don't, don't be falling asleep. This could <laughs> yeah, be you. We could torture you. This could be you. So Preston's older brothers tell him that his bank teller girlfriend is only after his money. It's the night of the big party and the, Fred, and the feds are ready to bring in the case. And they're ready to reel in Mr. McIntosh. At the party, this doesn't feel like the party that young Preston wanted. The event coordinator clearly extorts Preston <laughs> and hits him up for, at first it was a $10,000 deposit. Yep. Then she tells him that this party, that he has not one single friend other than the limo driver, is a hundred thousand dollars yeah how did the guests get there who i, I that's the who invited thing. these people where do they come from i never did get that like figured out even as a kid i remember thinking like who are these people how did he get you it, know? it doesn't make any sense it, it was a hundred thousand for a hundred thousand dollars that looked like a terrible party it looked like an awful party and they were dressed i mean it was like formal wear i mean they were dressed fine to the nine it like the roaring 20s <laughs> it was a gatsby party <laughs> yeah, mr mcintosh paid for a gatsby party it was so stupid so the event coordinator clearly extorts preston hits him up <laughs> for a hundred thousand we found out that preston has run out of money yeah this little boy spent one million dollars in less than a week do you think that would one be... million? How did you close on the house so quickly? You can't. I don't care if you got cash to pay the house. You were not. You were not putting a bid on a house on Monday. No. And living in the house. No, they had a realtor, and that was and, she and had to get her cut. Getting no. all those things built. <laughs> think about this. You buy the house. You had a go kart track in the back. You had a slide. But he was a drill sergeant. That. Okay, remember his first day on the job working for Mr. McIntosh when getting... he was on that. Remember he was up on the roof. He was directing traffic. He got construction guys. Listen, money talks, and they that will put a fire underneath. Okay, you. well then they need to get those people to build the downtown stadium because that <laughs> shit would get done in six months. Then <laughs> it would get done instantly. They got that house ready in three days. Come on, now. do you think though? Nobody ever asked to see Mr. McIntosh's ID. Nope, not once. You can't do anything in the world without ID. Mr. McIntosh was able to do all this stuff with no ID. Preston's parents didn't ask to see Mr. McIntosh's ID. <laughs> Just hanging ID. out with this adult they this, never this met. This grown-ass man no. with a ton of money who's buying a bunch of little kids, a bunch of toys. There were so many predators in this movie. So many absolute predators. No, let me ask you though. Do you think would it have been difficult for you? Could you have spent a million dollars in less than six days? Yeah, of course. I mean, you definitely, Absolutely. You definitely could do it Absolutely. but i just think i would have had more fun because i i mean i stretch it out a little bit i, I had friends you know what i mean like i would have hung out with somebody you know what i mean i'd have been i i wouldn't have been able to keep this to myself at 11 12 years old i'd have been like i'd have told my good friend hey i've got this money it's not even like he had one friend to hang out with especially I me mean, i just made out with this i just had a date with the teller at my bank. How you not got to tell your boys about that? At least at a minimum, all the kids from the neighborhood would have wanted to hang out with them. It just didn't really just didn't really make any sense. It's a bummer. I wish he had I wish he had that person. So Preston is checking his account. His dad comes in and his dad thinks he's talking to Mr. McIntosh. He gives a heartfelt speech 
to who he believes to be Mr. McIntosh. It's actually one of the better scenes in it's the movie. A, it's a, it legitimately a very good monologue. It's actually, I mean, I got a little bit emotional. I got choked up. This is a very emotional movie, Carrie. No, it absolutely it was is. It's a good scene. Legitimately a good scene. So, a, uh, so our guy Preston is distraught. He gets upset at Shay, who comes in. Kind of, I think she noticed at that point something's up. She gets upset. They get upset. Runs off. Meanwhile, the bad guys downstairs, they kick down the door to his actual house while the truth is finally coming out. There is no Mr. McIntosh. They made him up, and everybody is leaving the party. It's all over for our guy, Preston. Oh, no, the bad guys are at the door, and he tells the bad guys that he made up Mr. McIntosh. We learned that he spent this million dollars in six days. All of a sudden, blank check turns into a bad version of Home Alone. It's absolutely Where are the police? Weren't they outside? You told Shay is an undercover. They were scoping the place. They had the, the, crim- van. They had the van and uh, folks in there. The criminals are there. They're running around. It's a lot happening. It takes the cops 15, 20 minutes to show up. <laughs> this city doesn't have any type of, I think, police presence. Because also, earlier, they got that car driving through Central Park or whatever. I mean, in the first chase that they had, I mean, I don't know. Maybe, you know, this is a wealthy suburb, it looks like. Mm-hmm. Maybe they don't have that to worry about normally. They don't have any kind of police. I mean, this was like, was it even, it wasn't their, like, local cop. This was like FBI, wasn't it? Like SWAT unit something? Yeah, this was the FBI. You would think for $100,000 you'd have a police presence outside. How are you having that big of a party and there's no police presence? Never made any sense. A chopper or something up top, you would think. I don't know. Well, they finally show up. They arrest the bad guys. Preston and Shay are having a heartfelt moment. And all of a sudden, the most surprising thing I think I've maybe ever seen in a movie happens. She kissed that little boy on the mouth. <laughs> kind of neat. Can I see your badge? Shay Stanley, FBI. Cool. Wait a minute. So that means our date? Just for your, just for your job? Well, it started out like that. I should have known. Hey, you know, I wouldn't have traded that night for anything. So when can I see you again, Shay? Hmm. Why don't you give me a call and say about ten years? Five. Seven. Six. Okay. It's a date. Preston. I'm telling you, we're grown, right? I've seen some stuff in my life. (laughs) On the internet, you randomly have just seen things that you can never erase from your mind. It's just there. It was one of the most shocking things (laughs) I've ever seen in a movie. What did you think was going to happen up until that I point, because she was going to kiss him on the cheek. Because you know he he at this point we've got the whole thing resolved. We're all exhaling, you know. Pops is proud of him. This is great, and you know he's this was in the in the limo, right? This is when this was, you know. So it's got that really comforting vibe. I remember thinking, I remember thinking that maybe they would get a, a third date, and that was going to be it. That's what I, I, when I was a kid watching, it's like, oh, nice, they're going to hang out again. That was my, that's what I thought I was about to see. And I will even say that even, not even just then, but now for this rewatch, that kiss was shocking. Shocking. I had, I had never seen this movie. Oh, that's right. I never, this is my first time seeing it. (laughs) I thought the scene was going to be, 
you know, you kind of let them down easy. Hey, I'm an adult. Right. You're a kid. Right. But we had fun, right? Exactly. Like, you could have spun this like I was being really friendly to you so I could get closer to Mr. McIntosh right. to try to crack this case. And that's why I thought. could have. And I thought, let's go be friends. Let's go actually be friends. That's what I thought. Well, I, I didn't mean an actual let's get a third date. Yeah. I mean, let's go actually, you know. Let's go get ice cream or exactly. something. Exactly. Yeah, so that's what I was thinking. A mentor relationship. Even when they're having the conversation about five years, six years. I'm still kind of like, all right, you know, I get it, right? And you know, six years from eleven is still just seventeen, you, and that makes her also six years older from maybe let's see, that's being you're right, twenty-seven. But you and I 30? also grew up in the in about three years. Holla at me, Miley Cyrus, you're right? You know what I mean? So that's what am why I, saying? I was just like, I wasn't. I, I it that conversation's inappropriate, <laughs> but I I wasn't I wasn't like grossed out by it. I then thought she was just gonna kiss the little boy on the cheek. You know that little boy is interested in you. Absolutely. You know that. Come on. Mm-hmm. I thought she was going to kiss the boy on the cheek. They kissed each other in the, and I'm telling you, I was like, whoa. <laughs> I'm watching it by myself. I'm like, what? <laughs> I then Googled it. On the mouth. Kiss that boy on the mouth. At the time that they filmed this, he is 12, she's 31. Oh, my God. I didn't look that up. Oh, <laughs> how do you even act that? I want to know. Who wrote that I want to know. Who? At some point, somebody wrote this in the movie, and you hand this to me as an adult. <laughs> I'm not kissing that little boy in the mouth. I'll kiss him in the cheek. I'll kiss him on the forehead. I'll kiss you as like a friend. You kiss that boy as a pat. That That's a lover. That's a romantic kiss to a child. And it was an extended. I mean, this wasn't. In fact, it wasn't a peck. (laughs) It was a little bit of a prolong. I mean, let's. I mean, it was. It it could have been one of those. And get right out of and get right out of there. It was. It was a peck. And and everyone giggles. It was. was, I couldn't believe borderline passionate. I can't believe that it's still on Disney Plus. It's. It's. They have to know. You have to know that that's in the movie. And you cutting that out of the movie. Doesn't take away from any of the movie. No, in fact, they have plenty of opportunities in that scene to, to just, just cut it, slice it right just there. cut it. And yep. you also feel better about the movie. Like that that scene changed the entire way that I feel about the movie it, by how, by how highly inappropriate that it is. It, and I know yeah. if somebody's probably listening, oh, stop being woke. It was the '90s, bro. I don't want to know what time it was where you could kiss. Little boys in the mouth. Just I don't know, know what that time scene. that is. If you haven't seen it, it is something. It's I think it is wild. It is a bit of a uh, pop culture rite of passage. Like you do need to experience that and realize that wow, that was Carrington. That was thirty years ago. Ninety-three. It's wild. It's still. I mean, the movie overall still holds up. I think it's a great, great flick. Even with that scene, I think that it's rated way too low. On, on like Rotten Tomatoes and all that stuff. It's hard for but me it to is see hard, past it. It is, it is hard to rate it any higher just because that scene is still there and exists. And I'm big on it's a movie right. or it's comedy, right? Like I, I'm big on that. Who am I? I'm not the artist. What it but is, what come it is. on that now. Is, it's hard to. This, this movie, it's one, hard one of the it. subplots of the movie is about a 30-year-old boy who develops romantic interest for a child. I just, that's just, I can't. It's it's, and I, it's, it's hard not even, for me to look past that in this movie. I'm not even sure that that is the subplot. It's actually it's vital to the actual <laughs> yeah. plot. In fact, I it, let's, it might just be the plot. If if anything, the whole robbery robbery of it all, second fiddle. I mean, it, it, what's that term? You know, when the, the red herring or whatever they call that thing in film. I mean, the real story was the building of this relationship with our boy Shay and Preston, aka. 
Mr. McIntosh. All right, so our website, Rotten Tomatoes, they give this movie a 9% approval based on 11 reviews with an average rating of 2.98 out of 10. Now, that's not fair, though. Yeah, 2.98 is incredibly low. Even if I don't like the scene, like, I'm going to give my rating aside from that scene. That's too low of a scene. So the L.A. Times says, quote, What's missing from this film is any trace of joy in the simple pleasures. Preston isn't a very imaginative child. He is just a goodies gatherer. <laughs> okay. okay. I actually don't kind of disagree with okay. that. Like, Preston's whole thing is just I'm buying a lot of stuff. Like, because well, he has like, friends. I mean, that's the, that's the, honestly, it, you're, and it, you make a good point about earlier. If he even just has one buddy. The, the movie is drastically different. It's a whole different film. It and really I, he didn't buy any experiences. No. In this. And I think that's part of it where it's just like, yeah, it's cool, but you just went to the toy store a couple of times. You bought some stuff, and you're playing with these toys by yourself. Like, it was noticeable to me in the montages. Like, hold on, you're doing all this stuff with somebody, an adult that you don't know? Like, that can't be like the nearly parts, as fun as you think it can be. The funnest parts he had was when he was eating the ice cream because they had to go out and get the ice cream yeah. with, uh, with our guy Harvey. Yeah, no, it's – and you're, I mean – if he, like I said, if he has one buddy, even it's a completely different movie. I thought though that you know there's there showed some some moments of pleasure though in that. I think that's a little bit harsh. I think you know there are some moments where the there was some real fun. So, it's not a not fun movie. Yeah, I wouldn't say that it's not fun, but I I do agree with this. Preston isn't very imaginative. He is just a goodies gatherer. I do think it's fair. Well, yeah, he's a rich white kid from like the nineties, of course. So this is from the New York Times quote. It looks like the best bet for family audiences in a season short on kitty-oriented entertainment, but it's a movie that no parent in their right mind should let children see. Oh, wow. I actually don't disagree with that. Wow. I can't imagine letting your nine-year-old child watch that movie and seeing how the relationship develops with that adult. I can't. I can't imagine. If you cut that or if you at least change the storyline, you can maybe spin it to me. All you got to do is change the tone of the first time they hung out mm-hmm. and changed the kiss at the end and you that, and you drastically changed the movie because it's but it is obvious that she is on a date with the kid it's hard not to look at the movie that way i have seen some of those same shots like the framing in rom-coms like in like all of the rom-coms it's like like that shot of them like with the fountains is almost like mandatory rom-com material and they nailed it no they did they, they did. really did that's actually one of the better scenes of the movie that's as sad <laughs> as it is it's actually one of the better scenes all right, Hartzell, give me a hero for this movie. Hero. Hero of the film. Can I have, can yeah, I have two? You got two. It's got to be Tone Loke as Juice and my guy Harvey the chauffeur. I loved Harvey. Harvey's funny. Like I said, I think he's kind of like the poor man's John Candy. Uh, 10 out of 10 on his performance. The jokes were really good. It would be Harvey. It would be juice. I'm going to give it to the cast, too. I think the cast is actually really strong. I think the the banker plays the bumbling idiot very Peter well. Man, I mean, they had, that's the thing. Like, this movie really had all the stuff you can check off for, like, the, the 90s kind of, like, bumbling kids movie. You had the, the goof, which is Biederman. You had the goon, who was juice. And you got the mastermind, who was uh, our – what was his name? I don't know, criminal guy. He was criminal guy. I don't even think well, we ended up calling him Macintosh at the end. Yeah, no, criminal guy. I don't remember what his name was either. I don't either. think we ever did. Well, no, we did. I'm we sure we to. find out it his name at some point. Yeah, I'm but sure anyway, we find out like his it name. It had all the elements you needed to make it like a really good, uh, you know, parallel Home Alone kind of movie. You know, that same kind of lane. I, if you're going to ask me, because I'm going to jump to my part, I think this movie without that scene is a solid Six and a half to seven. 
Okay, that's not where I am. Hold on, let me give you my other hero, and I do want to get to doing too much. I'm going to give my hero the water slide. I, I actually thought the use of the water slide was pretty creative. I thought it was pretty cool. I thought the water slide was it pretty cool. It is a cool water slide. Yeah, it was really cool. The doing too much, we've already talked about the kiss. I don't want to belabor that point. There was no use for the brothers in this movie. Not even a little bit. No they, use for the brothers. They Well, they had to show the growth, the progression, because they were assholes in the beginning, and then they got him the birthday cake in the yeah. end. That could have easily just been his dad. Because really, the dad and him were the conflict. We were the brothers uh, doing too much. Um, the wedding, not wedding, the event planner. A bit much. The, the, and like the over the top, uh, I forget the guy who plays it. She's like, she extorted Preston. She extorted an 11-year-old. Yeah, she extorted um, Preston. I don't think I like that. I didn't like that she changed yeah, the... Uh, I just, I just want to know why they operated in a world with no ID. Like, nobody at any point was just like, hey, no. you got to sign something. No. You got to do this. Just cash talks. If you, had to, if you had the cash right there in hand, you could do whatever you wanted it's to. 90s, baby. That's 90s, baby. That was early 90s, too. It's lawless. I actually think this movie is properly rated. I don't think this is one of the no, better 90s really? movies. This is the Come thing. On. You and I are just on different pages with some of it these kids' like, movies. It's, it's so, I mean, it, it looks good, right? I think a 5.3 is a look- fair. I actually think the 5.3 is a fair score. I don't think it is an elite kids' movie. You and I grew up in the 90s. This is 94. This is prime Disney right. animation. These are some iconic sandlot. Angels in the outfield. They're so mighty ducks. There's so many great kids' movies in the 90s. I don't think blank checks in the top 15 of it. I don't think the movie was bad. I, I don't think it was bad. Well, you just said a bunch of tier I don't ones, think it's I, I don't think it's iconic. I don't think it's great by any means. I think it's a fine movie. 5.3, maybe 5.5. I can't put this movie in the sixth it's, category. It is, abs- it is depreciated in value for sure. I think that if you would have asked us even before the turn of the century, if you asked us about this movie in 99, I think that most folks would give it, I think it'd be a six. I think it'd be a six. It just has not aged well. I think at one point it was a tier one, especially that movie is just filled with pop culture stuff. It's basically just a product placement movie, you know? Yeah, I would probably put this on the tier three. Three? Because like, okay. I would say, so like Home Alone 2, I would consider to be a tier two movie. Okay. Like Home Alone 1, I think, is Tier 1. Home Alone 2, I think, is Tier 2. And you can flip that and the the points don't make. I think it's below Mm -hmm. those kind of movies. I think a 5.3, maybe 5.5 is a fair enough score. And and, and, and that's removing how I feel about the end of the movie. I think the movie is just fine. I think the movie had a chance maybe go a little bit deeper on some things. But it's also a kid's movie. Like, I'm really going to, like, pick apart and tear apart the plot of all these movies. For 94 minutes, that ain't bad. And it, it, it it didn't feel long. You know, it did keep going. I didn't think it was slow at all. I mean, I think this movie would just simply be better if you gave Preston some friends or just one really good other kid character or another little or or, I'm going to sound weird here. But honestly, like if if there was another little girl character that he could also like get his actual first kiss from or something like that, you know, or if he was doing all of that. To impress a girl that was in high school. Yeah, that would have made yeah. sense to me. I mean, even then, we probably would have looked at it like, yo, she's 18. Super weird. But that, that would have at least changed it. Hey, this is a junior in high school. You did all this stuff because the cute girl down the block. Yeah. 
Uh, it, movie would have been drastically different had that happened. I gotta, I, I gotta give it a fair score with what we are. When we reboot this thing and it heads back to Disney Plus, because they have to replace this one. So when we are in charge of the actual new one, we'll, we'll add some new nuance. All right, we gotta find another '90s kids movies. We've kind of found your lane on this podcast. <laughs> '90s kids movies, man. We definitely found your lane. I embrace my role. Uh, that's our guy Hartzell Gray for uh, joining us today. We appreciate you listening to the Bad Movies Worst Opinions podcast, Mr. McIntosh. If you're nasty, where we believe that. Everybody has a favorite bad movie. The only rule is that you must watch a movie rated below a 6.0 IMDb. Do us a favor, like, review, subscribe, do all of that stuff that podcasters do. Our next movie is going to be, we're actually doing a bonus for the 50th anniversary of hip-hop. Yeah. Get Richard or Die Tryin will oh, be yes. out on Friday. Yes. Get Richard or Die Tryin will be out on Friday. What's 50 doing now? Is he still around? He's still like, with us? He's actually on tour right now for Get Richard or Die Tryin. <laughs> yeah, no. Don't, don't fix it, man. 